really behavior is all a form of communication. They're trying to communicate with us. Maybe yeah. they can't find the words at that time because of the stress response or because of their developmental level. Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Kay. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. We are both moms, educators, kidding around yoga teachers, and trainers, and now podcasters. In this podcast, we will talk about using research-based tools and strategies to help increase mindfulness, self-awareness, connection, self-regulation, and peace in your home or classroom. Join us weekly for some fun and insightful conversations where we will take a deep dive into all things kids yoga and mindfulness. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Christy. I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are on the heels of our episode where we talked about um, self-regulation strategies, right? Yes, yes. I love that episode. It's such such important tools to share, and it's going to really link nicely to this episode today where we're going to be talking about using mindfulness strategies um, to help with behavior management. So in the last episode, when we talked about self-regulation tools, uh, we were talking about practicing those tools um, and using them on a daily basis so that your kids get used to using those tools. So when they're struggling or having a behavior or in, in a meltdown, you can call on those tools. So today we really want to dive into those behaviors and how we can kind of use a mindful approach in, in looking at behavior. And that, you know, that, that whole idea of, of using it as, as a preventative really, rather than sort of a, um, a band-aid or a solution or a, you know, but using it as a preventative is, is real important. Well, let's back up. We'll get into that in a minute, but let's back up a minute and let's talk about, um, we'll just kind of revisit this idea of mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Let's, let's kind of explore that definition a little bit and kind of talk about what that, you know, what that means. Yeah. People use it so often today. And oh, yeah. you know, I think that it's can be confused about what is actually, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And I yeah. really just like the simple definition of, you know, mindfulness is being in the present moment, paying attention to the present moment, your surroundings, your body without judgment. Oh boy. And that without judgment piece is really, really key. That's really key. And, you know, cause I, cause I think oftentimes when we're, when we're trying to practice this, we're trying to practice mindfulness or we're practicing meditation or whatever it is, you know, we can be real hard on ourselves because we can, we can get in this place and be like, okay, now I, I need to, I need to be in this present moment. And I need to, geez, my mind's wandering and I, and mm. I'm not good at this. And I, you know, and so we start judging ourselves you know, and we start really struggling because it, it doesn't seem like it's going the way it should, or that we're, we're doing right. it the way we're supposed to be doing it. Right. Right. I always love when people say, we don't say we have a mindfulness perfect, right. We have a mindfulness yeah. practice, right. It's a yeah. practice, yeah. right. Yeah. You never get it perfect. And that's, that, that's a really important piece that um, just by 
by tuning in and to the fact that you're paying attention to your thoughts or how you're feeling, that alone is is a beautiful part of the practice itself. And, and you're acknowledging like, and I'm here, I'm being present and, and my mind is wandering and I have these thoughts. Okay. So, so I have those thoughts. That's what's happening at this particular point. I think that that's really key being able to recognize that being able to recognize this is, this is where my mind is. And, 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 and maybe today this is not as easy as I feel like it should be or, or whatever, but just, just recognizing that and not judging yourself for that. So, So key. Yeah. And I think the same with our emotions, right? You know, when we are able to recognize our emotions of feeling anger, frustrated, um, anxious, whatever that may be, without judging ourselves for feeling those things, you know, like we can, we can accept that emotion without judging ourselves for feeling that way, right? All feelings are acceptable. Absolutely. And boy, if we can share that strategies share that practice with children to let them understand that their emotions are okay and it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel angry it's okay to feel frustrated it's okay to feel all of these things and you're not a bad kid you're not you know there's nothing wrong with you for having these these feelings yeah and i think that that's where we can that's where it ties really nicely into you know what we want to call behavior management right because we there's this beautiful mind body connection that we have right and our mind body connection when our body feels something we feel some some type of emotion or physical um sense um you know then that that creates thoughts in our mind and that creates then our behaviors or it um goes from uh, an emotion or a feeling into a physical response, right? And that's really what it is. It's a response. And so we really have to look at behavior uh, as not a purposeful, you know, thing more. It's, it's a response to, to our body, to our nervous system. And that is like a whole new way of looking at behavior. I I don't know about you, but as a mom and a teacher, um, when you lose sight of that, you find yourself, you know, maybe thinking thoughts like, why are they so difficult? Why are they making things so hard? Why are, you know, right. Why, why you remember, was- you remember those days when your kids were, were toddlers and, and, and you're in the store and your kids having a meltdown. <laughs> you're just <laughs> like, oh, that, that, that frustration. And, and, and then what your body does in response to that you know, right. you, you, and, and, and everybody responds a little bit differently physically, you know, I mean, for some, you know, for some stress can manifest, manifest as a, as a headache for others, it's in their belly for others. It's just the, the sweatiness or wh- whatever it is. Everybody responds right. a little bit differently. And I mean, and kids are the same way kids, kids have different, right. you know, ways. And listen, of- we've all, we've, we all have those responses, those physical responses, right? Oh. I mean, somebody's upset you, um, or frustrated you. And, you know, like that, that immediate tension you may get in your hands, like that. Oh, like, why is this happening? Yeah. The clenching of your jaw, right. Those are all physical responses to our, our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so are our kids behaviors and nobody wakes up in the morning. Right. And, you know, says, I'm going to try to make this like the most difficult day ever, (laughs) you know, no, no adult or child wakes up having that thought, like, yeah. I'm just going to make this the hardest day for my, my parent or my, my teacher, right. now, you know, that is just their, that's their response to 
whatever's going on, maybe in their environment or whatever's happening emotionally for them. Really, behavior is all a form of communication. They're trying to communicate with us. Maybe they can't find the words at that time because of the stress response or because of their developmental level. They don't have the words to express that, right? As as adults, sometimes we don't have the words to express that when when we get into a state. And it's that, that those behaviors are all just a signal that something else is going on under the surface. I love that, that, um, you know, the iceberg. Uh, oh yeah. Just the tip of the iceberg showing. Yeah, you don't see right. what's, what's boiling underneath. That tip of the iceberg sticking out. That's what we see. And a lot of times we want to just squash that behavior, whether, you know, that's like a, um, you know, hyperactivity thing or, you know, an, an anger thing, if they're throwing things right, we want to get rid of that behavior, but right. really we're just putting a bandaid on that situation on that. And we're, we're without not under- yeah. right. without understanding what it is that they're trying to communicate, what it is that's missing right. for them or what it is that they're, that they're responding to. Yeah. And, what is the need? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's why too, you know, when, when, when we have those responses, that's why it's, it's just absolutely critical that we as, as adults have our own mindfulness practice as well so that we don't, cause we do the same thing. I mean, I, boy, I've had times where, you know, the kids are, the kids are in the other in around, I'm trying to get dinner, I'm doing whatever. And the kids start bickering at each other and they start, mm-hmm. da, 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 you know, and back and forth and they're throwing things and they're angry and this and that. And then I just find my, myself, my anger rising. And then all of a sudden it just, it, it explodes. Yes. So, you know, and I think it's, that's easy to do as, as a parent or a teacher, if you find these behaviors going on in a, in a classroom and it's, it's yeah. easy to, to snap. So for Absolutely. us to establish our own mindfulness practice, so that's, yeah. And also, but keeping in mind that, you know, nobody's going to be perfect at this and, you know, doesn't mean you're not going to lose it still. I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. It's that, but the, the key is to be aware of it and to recognize, oops, I just lost it. I just, my, I just exploded and now I have to calm down and repair and, you know, it's, it's that without judgment piece, it's, yes. that, 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 yep. that key. it's going to, nobody's going to be perfect. None of us are going to be perfect. So absolutely. So recognize. No, just, yeah. Recognize, right. Just yeah. the awareness of it, yeah. you know, like it's, it's, that's all, that's all a great big piece, you know, hopefully most of the time we can keep ourselves, you know, at a, at a regulated state, but we got to know we're, we're not going to be perfect at it, but just being aware of that is, is really key. And I was listening to a great podcast um, where Dr. Mona Della Hook, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but she really talks a lot about the mind body connection. And I loved what she was talking about. She was talking about co-regulation. And um, so with co-regulation, when, when we're talking about that with our kids, right, we, we have our, our, we are able to regulate our nervous system and, when we are trying to co-regulate, that means we're trying to help either a child or somebody else regulate their nervous system. And so we're using our calm, right, to right, to help them to find their calm. And she uh-huh. she was talking about it in, in colors. And she was saying, you know, our green, when, when, when we're regulated, we're in our green state. That's when, you know, we're able to um, learn new information and take things in and pay attention and, and be mindful. 
Um, and then when we're dysregulated, that's what she was calling the red state. And that's where, you know, you're kind of like, you, you've lost it, right? You've, you've blown your top, right? You're not thinking clearly. You can't learn anything new. You just, you know, you, you're, that's the meltdown period that we, right. we talk about with our kids. And she was saying that it's really important for the adults to try to regulate, stay in that green state so that we can share our green with our kids who might be in the red at the time, right? We're not going to be able to, to teach them anything new when they're in that red state, but yeah. we are going to be able to help share our calm with them. And I loved the way, the way that she put that. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. I love that. We should, we should, we should link to that podcast episode in our, in our notes too. Yes. Sounds like it was a good one. I'll have to go back and, and listen to that one. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, with regard to this, so, so what are some ways that we can then start, start implementing this and, and start teaching our kids, you know, uh, the, these practices and, 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 and start teaching them about their emotions, teach them how to recognize their yeah. emotions and, and, and understand what's going on physically when these things come up. Yeah. I think that's the first step is right. teaching the, our children you know, to recognize and acknowledge their feelings and emotions. Um, and, you know, there's, there's so many ways that, that we can do that. And the simplest way is just by labeling the emotions, you know, when, when you see them having a hard time or yourself having a hard time, you know, just, just saying that out loud, oh, I feel really frustrated right now. There's so much traffic, right? You're sitting in traffic, just, just narrating that for your kids, just talking out loud and, and, labeling those emotions will help them to be able to learn to, to eventually be able to label their own emotions and then helping, you know, to label your own, but then helping them to label theirs when, when you see them struggling. Yeah. And it, you know, and, and of course, certainly there's, there's, there's lots of books and stuff about emotions, especially when your kids are little books are such a great way to, um, you know, to, to teach, it's just great teaching tools. So, so some, you know, books about emotions and things like that, as the kids get a little older, you know, there's, there's some other, uh, other ways that you can talk about that. I know that, that one, uh, one thing that we, that I've done with, uh, some of the teens that I work with, and I'm, I'm certain you've done the same exercise. Um, it's called the, the crystal bowl, uh, uh, crystal bowl meditation. So Swami Vidyananda, I think is, was, was the one that kind of came up with this. We teach this in our K trainings, but it's real cool. It's a really good visual, um, for the kids. You take a, a, a bowl and then you put in the bowl, you put, a like a crystal, of some sort, like a raw, you know, a crystal rock, put it in the bottom and then, and then you, and then you put water over the top of it. So then the explanation is this crystal represents your mind, like kind of when you're born, like there's no thoughts, there's, it's perfectly clear. There's nothing going on. Right. But then as we, as we move through life, we have different thoughts, we have different feelings and we've got different things that happen. Sometimes they can be very happy thoughts. So this is where I take like yellow food coloring and I'll put yellow food coloring in the bowl and, and you're like, what are some happy things that, you know, what are some things that make you happy? And then you give them the opportunity to come up with things that make them happy. So then you take another type of food coloring and, and let's say, uh, let's say uh, uh, blue, right? So then I put blue and I say, well, you know, well, what could the color blue represent? And then most of the time they're going to say, you know, sad. And so, okay, what are some things that make you sad? What are some times where you have felt sad? And so they can discuss those, those feelings, right? And then green, green can represent whatever envy or something like that so you put that in and each time you add the the food coloring 
you know, that all blends together and then it starts creating this, this sort of a murky effect to the water. So then the crystal becomes less and less visible. And you, and you comment on that, like now you can see, can you still see the crystal? Well, yeah, but it's a little more challenging to see it. It's things are a little, they're, they're, not, they're not quite as clear when you've got all of these emotions and all of these things happening. So when you add red, red can represent anger, right? So then you have all these colors in the water, real, real dark. And then you take a cup full of just dirt and you can say, okay, so dirt, what can this represent? This can represent just unclean thoughts, you know, things like maybe, maybe you're, you're thinking something really unkind about somebody else, you know, and that, that's a really, uh, it is this there, it happens, you know, all of us have these unclean thoughts at times. So then you put that in there, well, then you can't see the crystal at all, right? It's not visible. And you can say, you know, this is, this is why we need meditation, breathing, yoga, all of this. And this is where I reach in. I pull the crystal out and it's still got dirt on it and it's still got the food coloring, but I take water and sort of slowly pour it over the top of the crystal and say, these things are like, they're like soap for your mind. They help cleanse the mind and, and get you back to this state of calm and the state of clarity, right? It's a great, it's a great visual representation. Of it. Yeah. It's so great to use that with the older kids to really give them that that sense. And, and I love, um, including them in that whole conversation about different emotions. And it's really, really a great way for, for them to really grasp it and, and yeah, sort of yeah. really like apply it to themselves. Right. And they're the way, what the things that they've experienced and with the younger kids, the way I like to, um, describe that is by using a calming jar. So, oh, you know, yeah. a calm jar, you can look up on how to make the calm jar go on, on Pinterest. Right. And you, you just get a bottle of water and you put glitter glue and fine glitter and, um, and you make this calm jar. And this is how I use it with my, my younger kids. I will bring out the calm jar and it's, it's all the glitters all on the bottom of the jar and it's all calm and everything. And I give that explanation. This is us when we're, we're nice and calm and, and, and we're, you know, in a, in a state where we're thinking clearly and making good choices and all of that. And then we start to talk about the emotions. Oh, sometimes do you get really sad? And yes. And when do you get sad? Right. And sometimes when we feel just a little bit sad and then I'll swirl the jar a little bit and just some of the glitter will start to swirl around. Yeah. And sometimes we feel sad inside our body and, um, you, uh, you know, we'll see that the, the glitters, it makes it a little bit harder to see, but you could still see through it, but it's just a little bit sad. And then sometimes I, you know, do you get frustrated? And we talk about times when they get frustrated and yeah, and that sometimes we feel a little bit more swirly inside of our body. So I start to swirl the glitter even more. Right. And then, and, and then we, sometimes we do physical activity when I'm doing this too, and I'll have them move their hands, like how the glitter is moving it a little bit slowly and then starts moving a little faster. And then we say, like, you know, sometimes do you get really, really angry and or really, really super excited, like you can't even sit still, right? And then we shake up the glitter jar and the glitter's going all over and you cannot see through the jar anymore, right? And I say this is in times like this, we can't think clearly, just like we can't see clearly through the jar when we have such big, big emotions. And like we talk about, like all everybody experiences those emotions and they're all acceptable. But we have to think about what can we do when we have those big emotions 
that is acceptable to calm ourselves down, right? Sometimes we might want to yell at people. Do you think that that's a good way to calm ourselves down? No, sometimes we might want to throw things. Is that really a good way? You know, we talk about these different things and then we talk about, okay, what are the good things that we could do? Oh, maybe we could go out for a walk and or, or do some jumping jacks and get the energy out or do our meditation or um, you know, deep breathing, right? And we talk about all these self-regulation tools. And just as we said before, um, you know, we, we did that, uh, the last episode was all on self-regulation tools. So you can go back and listen to that again for, for more of, of those um, that really work well with all different ages. Um, but it's really a great way for them to see that, you know, when they really see that glitter swirling around, it can kind of, they relate that to those feelings in their body, right? Those big emotions feel like that sometimes, right? Like we just can't contain it inside of our body. And I, you know, I, I think you said that you do this with them too, so that you have them wave their hands or twirl around. Right? I, I do that same thing with the kids. Often I'll, I'll, I'll shake the jar up and I'll talk about, you know, yes, there's, there's, you know, we have our own big feelings, but then oftentimes too, it's, it's, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of stimulus, right? And so there's a lot of things going on around us. We've got, you know, all these activities that we're doing and all these things that are maybe happening. And sometimes that can make us feel a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, nervous or frustrated or, or, or excited or whatever it is, all of these emotions. So then, yeah, I'll have them stand up and, I, and I'll say, okay, I want you to pretend you're the glitter in the jar. Show me what that looks like. And everybody gets up and they, they wave their arms around and they swirl around and they spin around, you know, and, and then, and then I say, okay, now everybody sit down we sit down and then we watch the glitter settle in the jar and maybe we do peace begins with me. And so then you can kind of make that comparison. Like, how did you feel when you were standing up and you were moving around and swirling around and there was all this stuff happening? Did that feel calm or no, that didn't feel calm. You know, it felt, felt so much better to sit down and take our deep breath. So when you, so then they can kind of, kind of compare that when there's all these things happening, what happens in your body? Heart rate goes up, right? Maybe our respiratory rate goes up. Um, you know, it creates this, this, you know, anxious sort of a feeling so they can really start understanding what emotions do to them physically. Yeah. And right. It makes start to make that mind body connection for when they're feeling a certain way or when they're triggered by something that's happening around them you know, and how they, how their body starts to feel, whether they feel like tense or, you know, whether they feel like they just have to get up and move. Right. And so as parents and teachers, it's really important for us to remember when you see a child having a difficult time sitting still, say for story time or, um, you know, waiting online somewhere, you know, when we see a child struggling to um, share a toy and, and grabbing or hitting or pushing, right? We have to remember, it's not really about that behavior, right? It's about that emotion or that that dysregulation that they're feeling inside their body that's causing them to have that physical response. And so instead of just focusing on, oh, we don't push other people or we need, we need to share the toys or whatever that might be, you might then say, oh, you look like you're really frustrated right now. What's something we can do to help get rid of that frustrating feeling inside of our body? Maybe we can take a few deep breaths. Maybe we can do some, you know, jumping jacks or yeah, whatever yeah. that, that might be, you know, and start to make that connection. And it's important first for the parents and the teachers to make that connection between the behavior and the, the, the dysregulation or the emotions that are happening. Yeah. For a hundred percent. 
I, I love that. And, and, and I think going back to this idea of <clears throat> really using it as a, as a preventative, mm-hmm. right. Incorporating it, um, you know, incorporating on it in a, in a, on a, on a daily basis, you know, in these little mindfulness practices and, and um, you know, I think it, what was it? Our, our uh, third episode where we talked about, you know, how to incorporate, incorporate yeah. mindfulness uh, into your daily routine. I mean, that that's, that's an episode that you can certainly revisit and uh, to just remind yourself of how to do that on a daily basis. Yeah. And then just taking those, like you said, with, with the glitter squirrel, getting them up and down and getting their heart rates going, just take an opportunity whenever you can to show those polar opposites, right? Whether you're doing freeze dance, right? You get them up dancing around, you get their heart rate going, they're super excited. And then you pause the music and have them stand still and take some deep breaths. Just the showing them the opposite that they actually can have control over their body, right? And they can take it down a few notches and they can calm themselves. It's, it's really wonderful to show them um, those opportunities when it's not in the middle of a meltdown, right? When they're just having fun and enjoying it, um, you know, and then, you know, just practicing when they don't even realize they think they're just playing a game. Yeah, good, good stuff. All this great stuff. And, and then just, you know, again, maybe uh, going back and referencing um, uh, some of those uh, the self-regulation tools that we talked about in the last episode and just incorporating mindfulness into your daily routine from, uh, from episode, uh, episode uh, I think it was three or four. I can't remember which one that was, but, uh, but um, just an, an, a, all good reminders of, of how you can uh, really use mindfulness as a, as a tool to, to help with, with behavior management. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that was episode episodes four and five. Four and five. Were two, yeah. Were those two episodes. So yeah, definitely. If you haven't listened, go back. And also we now have a Facebook group um, that I would love for you guys to, you know, hop into and then show us, um, you know, what you've been trying out. If you tried doing some of these activities with your kiddos, either at home or in your classroom, let us know how it's going. Um, this, you know, conversation can continue about these topics in the Facebook group. So head over and let us know, like, if yeah. you're, and, and, you know, and there's, you know, it's fun to see what other people are doing too. And, 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 you know, you may have some, some strategies in place that you use that you find work real well. And I think, you know, the key is, is really, um, knowing that, that there's not, there's not one method, right. There's a bunch of different ways, uh, a bunch of different ways that you can practice this. And, and, and so I think seeing what, what other people are, are using and, and then trying these different strategies out and understanding that, that, you know, a certain, a certain method might work real well for your child, but maybe, maybe a different child is going to respond differently to other things. So yeah, really yeah. share things. We'd love to see what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. That's so, that's an important um, point because not every strategy is going to work for every child. So something that you might try doesn't work for your kid, but works for somebody else. And then, you know, you can and see what everybody else is doing and, and give those things a try. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. All right. Yeah. Always Great. fun chatting with you, Christy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to our next conversation. And uh, until then, uh, yeah, join the Facebook group and, uh, and we look forward to, uh, to visiting again. Sounds great. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to subscribe and give us a written review to help us reach others and share all the benefits of kids yoga and mindfulness. If you want more information on all that Kidding Around Yoga has to offer, 
You can find us at kiddingaroundyoga.com and on Facebook and Instagram at kiddingaroundyoga. We will meet you back here next week for another fun conversation with Christy and Kelly.